everybody. Welcome to a late episode of Myths and Monsters 17, Necromancers and the Boggy Creek Monster. This was supposed to be podcasts the other day, yesterday, day before yesterday. Before yesterday. And before, before yesterday. (laughs) I don't know. It was supposed to be done on the last day of last month. And we're now in August. But um, I was up in New Jersey helping my daughter move. So, yes. And I didn't take my computer. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that that's on me. Um, But a little bit late, but better late than never. So. Um, necromancers and the boggy creek monsters. So tell me about the boggy creek monster. I'm so curious. Yeah. So I stumbled across this, you know, I for these myths and legends, I usually like to do ones that I'm like familiar with, you know, like I've covered werewolves and you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to step out of my comfort box and just find something completely off the off the grid that okay. I never heard of before. All right. So I got this information from legendsofamerica.com. Um, and so this is about the Boggy Creek Monster. I, I've never heard of that. so I hadn't either. So uh, this hap- this uh, creature uh, is in the area of Fook, Arkansas in Miller County. It's like southeast of Texarkana, which I've never heard of. And, you know, again, called the Boggy Creek Monster. All right. So it's a sparsely populated area, so not very many people there. Um, in the forested hills of the Ozarks. Mm. Uh, yes. So the Boggy Creek Monster is also referred to as the Fook Monster. I'm, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's F-O-U-K-E. F-O-U-K. It sounds right. Right. So it's been a legend of the area since the 1840s. Um, so a long time. So it's a it's a Bigfoot like creature and it's said to be about seven feet tall. It walks upright and has like a smelly animal like odor and oh, is covered no. with hair. So essentially an Arkansas Bigfoot. An Arkansas Bigfoot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the Arkansas version of Sasquatch or Bigfoot, it's this hairy beast, um, and it has this reputation for killing chickens, livestock, and dogs in the area. Um, but it's never been known to harm humans. So a relatively friendly Bigfoot. Relatively. you know. I don't like, want it to kill my dog. I agree. I said relatively. Okay. Okay. It's all relative. Okay. It's all relative. Um, so in the late 1860s, the beast allegedly harassed two families living outside Fook, and the legend quickly spread from there. Um, in 1973, so we skipped 100 years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> The tale of the Boggy Creek Monster was made into an uh, extremely low-budget movie, so you would probably enjoy it. <laughs> I would probably love it. I'll have to find it. Yes, it's called The Legend of Boggy Creek. Okay. Um, and actually, there have been about, like, four movies uh, made about this creature, apparently, and I'm assuming they're all probably low-budget. Uh, okay. But you, I feel like you would get a kick out of that. I love those. Yes. So, in 1997, again hundreds not hundreds a hundred plus years later <laughs> shush don't laugh at me all right um there were more than 40 sightings of the boggy creek monster and in 1998 the report said that the hairy beast was seen walking along a dry creek bed about five miles south of town um 
whether, you know, it's a legend or reality or whatever, you know, the town of Fook once capitalized on the legend. So it has signs up around the towns there. Um, uh, you know, there's a gift shop that has a lot of boggy Creek monster themed things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this is not, well, apparently it's not the case anymore. The oh. locals have probably grown tired of this, you know, people trying to come there and find the Bigfoot and everything like that. Um, but allegedly it was last seen near the junction of Sulphur and Red Rivers, uh, Red Rivers Road. And then I have a few accounts of recent sightings, like okay. recent, in like 2019. So like. Wow. Real recent. Okay. Um, But I'm going to start at my 2017 sightings. Okay. So a man and a wife were driving south of Fook near Boggy Creek at around dusk. Um, The woman looked towards the northbound lane and saw a real tall, hairy, human-like figure standing at the tree line, just standing there. Okay. Um, She became terrified as she looked closer and the huge figure... At, and uh, look closer at the huge. Fi- oh my goodness! Listen, I've had a drink already. Uh, <laughs> we like so drinks. I can't okay. talk very well. <laughs> um, but looked closer at the huge figure and asked, you know, what was that? And so her husband, who was driving and couldn't look back fast enough to see the figure, didn't get to see it. But the woman doesn't think it was a person. You know, it was too tall. It was too uh, wide. Um, is what she said. Could have been the shadow man. I guess they aren't hairy. They could be. They could it could be hairy. They could be. Um, also in 2017, November, uh, a truck driver was traveling south of Fook at approximately noon uh, when he observed what appeared to be a large hair-covered animal in a clear-cut pipeline. So I'm, I'm assuming between trees um, is okay. like where he saw it kind of walking. The figure was moving upright on two legs um, and was moving between a fence and a deer stand, and it was large and, and hairy, so like the typical sightings mm-hmm. of, a, of a Bigfoot. Um, and are 20- there bears in this area? Do you think that's a really good question? I don't know if there are bears in Arkansas because a, a bear sure. on its hind leg, you've seen bears, a bear on yeah. its hind leg is wide and hairy and mm-hmm. tall. Right. Mm. No, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. I don't know. Um, in 2018, two female witnesses were driving North on, uh, the rural highway 71 in the early evening. So it always appears at dusk too, it seems. Okay. Um, when they saw a large upright figure run across the road in approximately four stripes. So, I mean, and bears don't run upright. No, they don't. No. Um, as they passed by in their car, they could see it running down the middle of the road, which runs perpendicular to the highway. Um, they quickly turned around because it spooked them. But by the time they got back to the side, oh, because they wanted to see it. So by the time they got back to the side of the road, the figure was already out of sight. It spooked them, but they wanted to go back and look but at it. But they wanted to go back and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> that I would think be I'm going to turn around. No, no. I, you know, if I see a giant upright thing run across the road, I'm like, solid, saw that in my lifetime and I'm out. <laughs> I'd, be, I'm I'd gone. be with those girls. What was that? Let's go find out. You're the first to die in a horror movie. I am. Plus I'm blonde. So, you know. First to die. I know. 100%. Yeah. That just adds um, to it. Yeah. But apparently it was moving very fast and with really uh, great agility. So even like, I can't imagine a bear up on its hind legs running yeah. with good agility, you know? No. Mm-mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, and then in 2019, uh, November, a couple was driving south of Smackover, which is a, it's 65 miles south of Fook. Okay. Um, and they saw a tall, upright animal dart into the woods at around 11 p.m. So this is like late. It's probably dark. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the creature looked as though it was about to run across the road when it saw the car and ran back into the woods. So like, I could still see that being like a, like a bear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The couple described it as being very large. So like at least six to seven feet tall and definitely, definitely not human. Its eyes reflected in the headlights before it ran off with, uh, with a swiftness that was way too quick for a human. But you know, I feel like most animal eyes reflect light in some way. Yeah. Um, you know, gator, gator eyes do spider eyes. Maybe it was a giant spider. That's worse. That's worse than (laughs) Bigfoot. I would rather, I would, if I, you know, if I were those two women driving in a car and I saw the Bigfoot behind me and then I came across a giant spider, I'm turning back to Bigfoot. I'm same. Yes. I would not go after the spider. Sorry. (laughs) Absolutely not. Not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. That's just, that's not in my to-do list of life. So that is interesting. I'm not done. I have one more. Okay. Um, Also in 2019, a young witness said that she saw a monkey man in the woods while sitting in her father's truck along one of the rural roads. The location is near the Sulphur River where one of the last sightings was um, and where it has allegedly been reported over the years. And there are tons of these sightings in the, in the 2000s. Um, and these are just a, a few of them that I pulled out, but they're all the same thing. You know, they're all super tall. It runs on its hind legs. It's extremely hairy. It's very fast. It's very agile. Um, and now I'm curious if there are bears in Arkansas. Well, it brings to mind um, Winona Earp. Yeah. Remember the sheriff turned into a shaggy, hairy. I don't think I've gotten that far. Never. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oops. Spoilers. Sorry about that. Rude. Well, it'll remind you of it when you get Mm. to that point. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. True. This is true. (laughs) But that's all I had. It was a very short one, but it was one that I had never heard of. So I I was really curious. I haven't either. uh, I mean, I wonder what have they tried to go in and find it? Have they? Not that this article said, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, and do people camp in those woods? Because I mean, you know, how weird is that? Well, right. And I could see using this in like an urban fantasy. You know, you've got a team that's sent out to investigate some large creature that's attacked, you know, livestock or people or whatever. And it turns out to be a werewolf, you know, like Mm -hmm. something like that. Definitely. Yeah. Like a rogue who doesn't know how to, you know, behave. Yeah. Right. I I mean, it could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I decided to do necromancy. Um, Yeah, interesting. Um, I actually, after starting research today, started a new book. So, (laughs) of course, you did. There you go. Yeah, I've got how many ones going now? Like at least 30. (laughs) At least. Okay. So, necromancy is the magical or occult art of raising and communicating with the dead. Okay. It has been used for thousands of years in civilizations around the world. Early writings about necromancy date back to ancient Greece and Rome. Nice. The literal meaning of necromancy is divination by means of a dead body. It comes from the Latin word necromantia, which in turn derives from the Greek word necromantia spelled a little bit differently which is the Greek word necros, which means dead body, 
and mantia, which means divination by means of. So literally divination by means of a dead body. Cute. So I don't know that it's cute, but (laughs) (laughs) a practitioner's interactions with the dead can be much more complex and can have a physical impact. Boy, we're both struggling. Um, A little bit. The world of the living. For example, necromancers may raise the dead to learn secrets, gain forgiveness, or to learn the name of a murderer. Oh, cool. Okay. It has been been considered dark or black magic, even though many medieval necromancers were clergymen. Oh, okay. The act itself of necromancy isn't evil. A quote, good necromancer's goal is improving the quality of life by exploring death. Right. A necromancer becomes a villain when he exploits death. Ah, yeah. Like for personal gain kind of thing. Yeah. Ancient necromancers generally raise the dead in order to learn secrets or to gain insight into the future. The earliest literary reference to necromancy is in Homer's The Odyssey. Okay. Occasionally, the dead were raised so that the living could gain their forgiveness or direction. Or in some cases, just to communicate. Listen, if I'm dead, don't bring me back to apologize. Like, I and, just let me sleep. <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, <laughs> uh, medieval necromancers had the same goals, but in addition, they summoned the dead to manipulate the living and occasionally made use of the bodies of the dead. Okay. They generally wanted to gain control of the will, illusions, and knowledge. Over the millennia, the process for reaching the dead have changed dramatically. In some cases, it's very simple. Mediums, for example, may just call upon their spirits. You do the seance. Seance, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, you could go into a, a trance without complex rituals or spells. But generally, there are complex rituals and spells. Um, usually they begin with the necromancer creating a circle. The circles are um, not just a symbol of power, but they're also a means to contain the spirit of the dead, thus protecting the necromancer. I feel like uh, I need to take notes. I have a necromancer in one of my books and oh, do you? giving me good information. Yeah, <laughs> they are fascinating. Yeah. Um, words might be added to the circle, including ins- inscriptions pointing to the north, south, east and west. The names of the necromancer, the medium, and the spirits being called. There might be objects needed for the spell placed nearby, like pentagrams, athames, or candles. A lot of times the circle is made with the tip of the athame to draw the circle. Yeah. Um, A prayer or a plea to the spirits, angels, or demons, whatever it is, the necromancer is invoking to try to help them with this spell. Right. Um, instructions for how the dead should appear and what they should do. Sacrifices might be needed. So animal blood, it could be milk, it could be honey, ashes, flour, salt. You could place those in uh, jugs around uh, or sprinkle them along the circle. Rituals ranging from simply knocking two stones together to burning candles, you name it, might be So in the Odyssey that I was talking about, the first written um, reference we have, the practice had to be done around a pit with a fire at night, and there was a special recipe that he had to follow uh, 
that was taken with the blood from sacrificed animals that was for the ghosts to drink. And then he had to recite a chant. Okay. What kind of, what kind of chant did it say? It said, or prayer. So it could have just, oh, or prayer. Or okay. Prayer. Okay. So often this form, a form, the, 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 the one form yes. of this is death magic, which is using the bones of an ancestor. Uh-huh. You know how you can cast bones. You've seen that in movies. Yeah. Yeah. And shamanism is from the past, which is actually where they argue that necromancy developed from was often about connecting with their ancestors. And then I found this blog. It was fascinating. And she is a witch who um, calls herself a death witch. And she defines the difference between death witches and necromancy. And I'm just going to okay. quote her. It's sure. fascinating. I personally define death witchcraft as working with and, and honoring spirits of the dead, ghosts, ancestors, as well as the power of death itself, endings, and resurrections. Okay. Death witches reflect upon the concept of death, come to terms with their own death, and work through spiritual, quote, deaths in their lives. <laughs> we also communicate with the dead regularly. Many of us heal and help the dead, and in return, they aid us in our magical workings. Nice. Rather than fearing death, we embrace it as a pivotal point in the cycle of life. How is this different from necromancy? Necromancy is a part of death witchcraft, but it isn't all of that path. Death witchcraft also involves working with death as a force, dead plants, healing the dead, and other aspects of the end of life. Some death witches call themselves necromancers, but others do not. Okay. Today, the term necromancy is often reserved for ceremonial magicians who work with the dead. Some modern day practitioners prefer to avoid the term because of its association with fantasy. Interesting. And that's, I mean, end, fair enough. That's the end of her quote. Yeah. So another website I found says that necromatic rituals may vary. Many call for performance at night in graveyards under a full moon. Okay. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's kind of cliche, but maybe right. that's what's needed. I don't know. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Um, Days of preparation may precede the actual summoning. The necromancer meditates on the dead who will be summoned, precipitates the deities of the underworld, and eats food associated with death, such as the flesh of dogs, oh, which are associated with the underworld, black bread, and unfermented grape juice. Uh, okay, those are all very different things. Yeah, and none of which I really want to partake of. I mean, unfermented grape is just it's just grape juice. Yeah. It's yeah. just grape juice. <laughs> when you lump it with black bread and the flesh of dogs. I can leave those parts out, but that's what I'm saying. Is they're very different, right? <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> Although no, I am drinking wine, which is fermented, fermented. grape juice. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is they're all very different things. (laughs) In the middle ages, it was believed that necromancers ate corpses. That's called cannibalism. Yeah. Corpses or pieces of corpses and blood from the living or a sacrificed animal might be used in, in the ritual. That's gross. Necromancers protect themselves from the wrath of the dead by performing their rites within magical circles. Okay. Or by wearing amulets. Got it. 
and necromancy for the reanimation of the corpse itself, which is what we've seen in our fantasy novels, the corpse must be propped upright on its feet to to symbolize the return to life. I can be alive lying down. (laughs) Herbs are placed on its chest, which how do you do that if they're upright? But regardless, just stick to (laughs) use Velcro. We're going to Velcro. Okay. Herbs are placed on the chest and head to magically restart breathing. The corpse may also be anointed with the necromancer's own blood. So you could use that in your book. Okay. The necromancer utters incantations to command the dead person to re-enter its corpse. If the ghost fails to respond, the necromancer threatens it with tortures in the underworld. Oh, that's, oh, fun, cute, adorable. Love it. Now, I do have a favorite series that deals with necromancy. It is the Grave Witch series, which I have finally oh, finished. Yeah, it's a good one. I have not finished it yet. No ending spoilers. Okay. Um, Kalena Price is the mm-hmm. author, and she does this wonderful twist on necromancy. Um, the character is a witch who is able to bring back dead spirit dead spirits for a brief time to find out how they died or get various information for her clients. Like, you know, where did you put the treasure? Um, that type of stuff. She's a PI and, you know, for, so she helps the police and trying to figure out who the murderers are, that kind of thing, which I love that twist on necromancy. It is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, And I'm thinking that I want to do some kind of urban fantasy on necromancy, which I actually, after I did these notes started. Yeah. um, I want to twist it up somehow though. I don't, Uh I don't know quite yet what I want to do with it. Um, But can you imagine a person who has no idea that they're a necromancer going to France and visiting the catacomb catacombs? Oh God. Yeah. Can you imagine just, I feel like it would be very loud is what yeah. I would imagine is it would it just not even like scary, but it would just be loud. They would all be talking to her. Yeah. I mean, how crazy that would be quite the inciting incident. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, here I'm on my honeymoon, yeah. <laughs> honey, all these dead skulls are talking to me. <laughs> Ooh, big yikes. Uh, another book, it was a young um, adult book. It was called The Summoning by Kelly Armstrong. I started that book. I might have finished it. I don't remember. It's been a long, long time. Yeah. Um, But that girl sees ghosts. I don't think I've finished it yet. I go through these phases where I'm into young adult. I'm into fantasy. I'm into urban fantasy. I'm into high fantasy. I'm into crime. I'm into horror. And so eventually I cycle back around. So I'll I'll have to go back to that one because I think when I read it, there was only one book out and I think she's got more out now. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure I own it too. And I I've either read it or it's on my to, to be read list, which is a mile high. Um, but yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I own it too. And it has something to do with necromancy. I okay. can't remember exactly how I did do a search on Google. I just typed in, you know, books with necromancer protagonists and I got this huge, huge list. Wow. And some sound fantastic. So I'll have to quote, you know, research and do some reading on these necromancy books. Yes. Um, In Harry Potter, the creation of those Horcruxes by Voldemort could be considered necromancy. Well, because it deals with the soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Game of Thrones, 
I mean, there's the entire, you know, winter is coming. All of those dead were walking. Yes. Um, well, that we, and then even Jon Snow when he comes back. That's true. Um, out when those faceless ones that Arya, you know, she mm-hmm. goes into that group and they use the face to become assassins. To, yep. You know, that's some kind of necromancy. Yeah. Okay. I have to tell you a story of what I found. Okay. When I was researching this. Oh, God. Yeah. It, fascinating. Oh, no. So, what is it? <laughs> all right. So Carl Tanzler, a radiologist in the 1930s, met a patient and fell in love with her. She okay. had tuberculosis. In addition, he had wife and kids too, but that did not stop him from becoming obsessed with this Cuban immigrant girl who had tuberculosis. Okay. So she died from the tuberculosis as, as they did Uh, in those uh days, unfortunately, but that didn't end his love for her. He visited her grave for two years every night until he followed her wishes and exhumed her. Yep. Yep. He said that she told him that she wanted out. So he dug her up. And he poured wax all onto her corpse. Okay. And he put glass eyes in her face. Oh, God. Okay. And of course, he inserted a tube into her vagina so that he could have sex with her body. Mm, Love it. For seven years. He did this for seven years. What? the? What? Why? (laughs) I didn't need that story in my life. I, I think it's more necrophilia than it is necromancy, but I yes. had to share. No, but I don't appreciate it. You're welcome. I don't. No, no, <laughs> no. You're welcome for making me listen to it. <laughs> Just fascinating. It's a real story. They have pictures on the internet. Go, go look it up. It's, I don't need pictures. It's Carl. Let me see if I can spell his name. Why would I want pictures? You see her. They've got a picture of her body. With no, the, that's with the fine. Wax I don't it. need it. That poor woman needs to go back to rest. <laughs> it's Carl Tanzler. C-A-R-L is Carl Tanzler. T-A-N-Z-L-E-R. Well, that's something I'll never look up. Thank you. Yeah. He's a that, pretty weird dude. Yeah, to to say the least, I guess. Yep. yep. Appreciate. But that's don't, all I don't appreciate that. That's all I've got. I'm I'm excited to start my new book. Well, um, I was uh very excited about some of those details as well. I could have done without that last story. But <laughs> you could have your main character do that. She says no. No, the silence is heavy. I think the, the silence, silence is heavy. She's is like, answer enough. What the hell are you talking about? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I can I can do without that. Uh anyway, I do think it was really interesting. I, it gives me ideas for my own book that I am writing right now. So um, and it's my Aiden book. Um that if I you want about. to do research, there are a lot of different forms of I mean, you can actually look up spells that people, you know, there are witch websites and things that talk about how to become a necromancer. So if you want to go and look at those for your character to see what he might be doing yeah, in his practice of necromancy, right? Now you might find something that you can twist up a little bit and make it interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's probably a good idea. Um, the magic in that world is very interesting, but I think, uh, you know, rituals and stuff that have been, um, put into legends and things would be really useful. Definitely. Definitely. So that's all we've got for our latest episode of myths and monsters. We'll have another one at the end of September, which is also going to be difficult because that's about the time dragon con is. So we will have to You mean the end of August. 
we're in August, the end of August. <laughs> Dragon Con is at the beginning of September. Yes. Wow. Um, so we will have to plan ahead a little bit better next time so that we can make sure it comes out when it's supposed to come out. Yeah, definitely. Your, your birthday is actually September 1st. So it sure is. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll be old. You're not old. Good <laughs> Lord. Old. Good Lord. Old as dirt. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we will see you next time for our regular episodes of Eat, Drink, Write. But we will see you next month for the next episode of Myths and Monsters. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening.